0: Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. The latter half of the year seems to be filled with devotion to Our Lady, and I am not complaining. August is the month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, September as the month of Our Lady of Sorrows, and now coming up in October, the month of the Rosary. You can never have too much devotion to Our Lady, in my opinion, being that she draws us ever closer to her Son. Chatting with us today about the month of the Rosary is Father Tom McGavish, featured voice of our Mass Class series, and director of the Archdiocese Office of Worship, and now pastor at the churches of Saint Mary in Le Center, Saint Henry and Sharon, the Nativity in Cleveland, and Immaculate Conception in Marysburg. Father, you're a busy man. Thanks for taking time for us today.
1: Well, thank you very much, Patrick. It's always a delight to speak with you and your listeners again.
0: Yeah, well, so I have to ask, how's the return to parish life been for you?
1: Well, it's just been, you know, a first weekend of uh, learning places where to find keys, learning names <laughs> that I won't remember for the first several times, <laughs> uh, and beautiful life of folk here in the in rural Le Sueur County. Mm. Uh, the town of Le Center is the the county seat, and that's where my rectory is.
0: That's great, and uh, yeah, shout out to all of our rural parishes here in the archdiocese. So glad that you're listening to us as well. Well, let's first let's talk about monthly devotions. What liturgical guidelines are there, Father, when it comes to having months dedicated to particular saints, and, and uh, as we've been, as I just said, to Our Lady as well.
1: Well, the liturgy is interesting in this regard. Um, the month is not so much a liturgical time frame uh the church has seasons seasons of advent lent easter uh um and uh the month you know uh was originally based upon the, the moon the lunar cycles uh, and the church's calendar, uh, the the Hebrew calendar, followed the lunar cycle more closely than the Christian calendar does. However, one exception being the determination of the date of Easter is based upon the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. You know, <laughs> so that's the only, the only the only real connection to the month per se. Nevertheless, you know, society lives uh, under a calendar where we've divided, you know, into 12 months. And the Church says, if that's how life around us is counted, then it's reasonable for us to observe certain months in honor of of various uh, aspects of our faith. And that's why especially our Blessed Mother in October, the month of the Rosary, uh, and May, as you mentioned, you know, and uh, August as well, each month has its own particular flavor.
0: Mm, yeah, and I'm again. I'm not complaining. I think it's. I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. October, as we've said a number of times now, is the month of the Rosary. How did this come about, Father? And uh, how can we participate even today?
1: Um, it probably began as a result of the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary on October seventh. Uh, and just by the way, as a side note, um, my own parents, God rest their souls, were very pious Catholics, and even went so far as to name their children based upon the liturgical cycles. So I have a brother, John, whose birthday is June 24th, Feast of St. John the Baptist. I have a sister, Maria, who was born on October 7th and named in honor of Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. So that uh, feast day honors the day when um, the uh, the forces re, uh, repelling the uh, invaders, uh, the pagan invaders at Lepanto called upon Our Lady uh, for protection from these uh, attackers, and the Lady granted the great victory, and so the Church, in gratitude, honored Our Lady with this feast day on October 7th. The feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, and then since that you know that day follows within the month of October, it's it was naturally extended uh, to the whole month. Um, but the Church has many uh, different Marian feast days throughout her history that have kind of ebbed and flowed throughout the course of time. There may have been an octave after the Feast of uh, October 7th, for example, in the history. Uh, and But some of these still remain, and this is one of them that we love to observe, Our Lady of the Rosary, during the month of October.
0: So in my intro, Father, I did talk about uh, just kind of the rosary being a powerful weapon, that it packs a lot of punch. Um, and with that, I think, w- what makes it? I mean, the question is, is it really a weapon? And if so, how is it a weapon against the forces of, of evil of the, of the enemy?
1: Um, the history of the Rosary itself is an interesting thing, uh, and as anyone who has interacted with Muslim believers may have noticed, they too have their own prayer beads. Yeah. We Catholics aren't the only ones who have developed this. It, you know, there's an idea of you know holding something in your hand as a way to focus your attention in prayer. So the Church understands that this is a very natural thing, and in fact, it's based upon good theology, incarnational principle, this sacramental nature for which we Catholics are well uh, famous, and rightfully so, that our faith is not just a matter of what's in your heart, it's not just a mental thing, it's not just a matter of praying quietly in your soul, but your body is actually holding on and touching and moving things. And so your body and soul are praying in synchronicity with each other. And this is why we celebrate the sacraments with real tangible things, such as bread and wine and oil and water. So the rosary is a sacramental. It's not one of the seven sacraments of the Church, but as a sacramental, it has this tangible nature about it. We're actually holding these beads as you pray through uh, the rosary is a way to get your body and mind joining together in this prayer. So that's one of the reasons that it's a powerful prayer, because it involves more of our personhood than just our, our recollection or our intellect. When you get your body praying, then this is a fuller way to pray than just internally. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, that the Satan, Satan also hates all the sacraments, because mm-hmm. they are so potent, because they invo- involve us bodily in our own salvation process. You know, we participate bodily. And so the rosary is a fine extension of that, uh, this bodily prayer. Um, getting your fingers rolling through the beads. There are 150 of them, probably because uh, there are 150 psalms in the Book of Psalms, you know. Uh, So you have 50 50 beads in the three decades, you know, uh, originally the three sets of mysteries, um, the sorrowful, the Joyful, and the Glorious, to which Pope St. John Paul II added the Luminous Mysteries when he promulgated his document on the rosary uh, in the year 2001. So originally, you know, the 150 uh, Marian beads, 450 psalms, but that has expanded and flowed with time, as we've recently seen. So one of the main reasons that the enemy does not like the rosary uh, is precisely because it has the connection to the biblical texts if you can't memorize all of the psalms you can certainly pray 150 rosaries over the course of a certain fixed amount of time you know mm.
0: yeah yeah and that's that's what i was going i was i was just thinking about that too father we're speaking with father tom Mar-Gavish is about the the potency of the rosary. And as we enter into this October, again, enter into the month of the rosary, but I was thinking about the mysteries father. And that's one of the things that really kind of broke the rosary open for me is, uh, I've, I've, I feel like I've grown in my understanding of these mysteries as they become part of this prayer, as I'm meditating on the different aspects and different events in Christ's life. That has really helped me to contemplate more about what these actually mean for me, for our community, and for our world.
1: The, the mysteries of the rosary are divided, as they are, helpfully into four different categories. The joyful mysteries are the early part uh, up until... You know, the boyhood of Jesus, the luminous mysteries during his public ministry up through and including the Last Supper, then the sorrowful mysteries following the Last Supper up through his crucifixion, and then the glorious mysteries starting with the resurrection and culminating at the end of time with the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So it encapsulates all of the Paschal mystery in its fullness as expressed upon us. Now, that is a big you know, a uh, theological concept, all of these mysteries of the life of Christ and His Blessed Mother uh, are more material for us to contemplate on than any of us can reasonably handle in any one sitting. Right. So, breaking them down into little pieces, bite-sized chunks, as it were, where you can just meditate upon one particular aspect at a time and see how that can bear fruit in our lives, is a wonderful thing, and it's the same reason the church, by the way, divides up the life of Christ into the liturgical year, mm. that the liturgical year realizes that there are the mysteries of Christ which cannot all be you know handled one uh, all at once. Breaking them up into smaller bits so that we can reflect on uh, them in their various aspects is a more fruitful way to walk through uh, our own spiritual lives.
0: Right, and as we as it's tempting sometimes uh, when we're when we're just immersed in the teachings of Jesus to to boil that down or to reduce Jesus Himself into his teachings, but as we all will know and profess, I'm sure, that Jesus was, he was a great teacher, but he was so much more than a great teacher, and these mysteries of the Rosary help us to enter into the events of his life more deeply. Yeah. Um. So, Father, let's talk a little bit about this upcoming uh, candlelight procession uh, that's that's coming up on October 7th, and uh, what's uh, what's involved with that?
1: Well, the Uh, The Archdiocese has been doing Marian Rosary processions for almost 75 years. It was the grandmother of our current Archdiocesan Civil Chancellor, Joe Kippers. His grandmother was actually the first one to start these Rosary processions all the way back in 1947. A remarkable, remarkable history. And then over the course of the decades that followed... Sometimes you would do, you know, one at the cathedral and next year at the basilica, or then eventually it was spread into two different processions, one uh, on the first Sunday of May to honor the crowning of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the second one on the first Friday evening of October, during which, you know, we light candles and have a a candlelight rosary procession. So the two processions that are currently run every year— uh, uh, each one has its own particular charm its delight it's wonderful to see school children on may after a sunday may afternoon in their first communion outfits yeah. and the coming and you know it's always going to be a young girl who puts the crown of the on the statue of the our lady of fatima at the mm-hmm. cathedral at the conclusion of the procession and then the friday night october The first Friday of October, uh, rosary procession happens with candlelight, where we pass out much like vigil candles or sometimes electric torches, you know, little handheld things. And to see the hundreds and sometimes thousands, depending on, you know, uh, what the turnout and the weather is. Uh, just walking this procession through uh, the c- city of St. Paul. We always get permits from the city police department, so the police are there to stop traffic, to make sure that the procession continues uninterrupted. Mm. And that always happens the same weekend as the Minnesota um, Marathon. And so we are able to use the same speaker system that they use to announce the racers as they would approach, you know, the finish line uh, at the Capitol. We reverse that process where we start at the Capitol and then process toward the cathedral and use the same speaker system. We've worked it out with a company that rents, you know, the speakers for the marathon. We said, can we use your speakers a couple of days earlier? And we'll pro- you know, broadcast the rosary as we process along by candlelight. And it's a beautiful thing. The Knights of Columbus will be there in their regalia. Seminarians will be there carrying the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Archbishop Hebb is not able to join us this coming October, but Bishop Williams himself is going to lead the procession. Nice. Uh, and then we'll conclude with benediction uh, at the cathedral as is fitting for the son of the Blessed Virgin Mary.
0: Absolutely, it is, and, and what a what a wonderful thing! Now, I just want to go back to one thing you said, Father, which was uh, you said the first procession was held in 1947. Is that right? Uh,
1: that's right. So,
0: mm-hmm. if my math is correct, then this is the 75th anniversary of
1: 75th year of this, right?
0: That's so fantastic! Wow, what another reason to celebrate! Our God is good. Wow. Um. So. Uh, any uh, particular things or any, any reasons why people should pay uh, special attention to the rosary in this month of October? I mean, what, what graces are, are available to us there other than the things that we've already talked about?
1: Well, uh, even just carrying a rosary on our person is a powerful weapon. I remember one of the uh, more painful and sad situations I had to face was uh, the funeral of a man who had mental illness. And when his dad came in to, uh, 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 to talk about his son's funeral, his son had committed suicide, and dad said, is there any hope for someone in such despair? And then the dad admitted that when they found his son's body, there was a rosary in the son's pocket. And that was an indicator that somehow, despite all of the man's struggles and difficulties, the fact that he could hold on to this thing as one very concrete expression that I am not giving up completely. Life may be so difficult, but having this with me means I have not completely abandoned hope. You know, the Blessed Virgin Mother herself was there at the foot of the cross, and she's not afraid to be with us in our darkest, most suffering moments. So carrying the rosary with us at all times, even when we're not praying it, is a powerful way to hold on to that faith and to trust in the motherly care of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And for that reason, again, you know, it's a tangible thing that's easy with us to carry with us, and the devil doesn't like it when we do that. He wants to leave us distant from any kind of reminders of a faith to make us feel like we're all alone, to make us feel like we've got no hope, nowhere to turn to, but that's not true. And carrying the rosary with us is a constant reminder that we have a, a mother who loves us and is interceding to her son for us, and that there is nothing that's on, going on in our life that is beyond the grace and mercy of our Lord.
0: Oh, man. So good, Father. So good. I can't believe it, but we're out of time already, Mm. and uh, such a great conversation and uh, many things to take away from this. But so grateful for your time, Father. Would you give us your blessing before we go? Sure.
1: Through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, may the blessing of Almighty God come upon you and all the listeners, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Father Tom Argavich is as always it's a great pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you,
1: Patrick. And I hope to see many of you at the Rosary Procession this year.
0: Absolutely. light An annual candlelight rosary procession from the state capital of the cathedral is Friday, October seventh. Lineup begins at six thirty. Procession starts at seven. Those who cannot walk the procession route, you can go directly to the cathedral to pray the rosary with those who are in procession. Event concludes at the cathedral with Marian prayers, Eucharistic adoration, and benediction. For more information, visit archspm.org/events. And hey, don't don't forget to uh, tune into the family rosary across America right here on Relevant Radio weekdays at seven p.m. Central. Well, don't go anywhere. Coming up next, local Catholic artist Maria Widstrom spent two years studying art in Florence, Italy. We'll hear all about her experiences and her upcoming plans back in Minnesota. We'll be right back.